Man, I, I tell you, uh, the Lord's done a work over the last couple of weeks, and, and today we, we're on week four of our Game On series. Uh, and I know, again, I, I spoiled it with Candyland with the children, and everybody's been texting me and asking me uh, what, what game you're doing. Uh, that really hasn't been happening. Um, but the point of that is, is uh, everybody wants to know what game we're covering. And so before we move forward, I want to make sure we kind of review where we've been headed, uh, where, where we have been. And again, the Lord kind of just did this work over these last two to three weeks of changing my heart. I was going to go a whole different direction. And uh, this concept of, of it as well is, is heavy on my heart. So first week we kicked it off, we, we did the game of tag or chase, if you will. And we talked about how God is pursuing his children. That, that he's not chasing after you because he can't catch you. He's chasing after you because he's desiring a relationship with you. At the end of each sermon uh, throughout this series, we're giving you what's called a life app. And that life app was tag your it. So go do something about that. Understand God loves you, desires relationship with you. Now do something with it. Week two, Josh did a great job of going through the game of Scrabble, which I don't play very often. Maybe I should. Uh, but instead of watch your mouth, he said watch your heart and challenged us with this concept and this idea of uh, words can be beneficial, but they can also be hurtful. So check your heart to watch your heart. That was your life app. And then two, three weeks ago, I did the game of Monopoly, the most number one game in the uh, entire world uh, was Monopoly and uh, talked about trading in. Your, your life app was to become a trader, to trade in your time, your money, and your resources, your skills to pursue what God has for you in this kingdom. This, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. And talked a lot about what it means to trade that in. And no, I didn't say everybody go out and sell all of your possessions, but what my point was is that you trade that in so that you can understand that, man, this is, there's a bigger picture here. So that got us through uh, uh, week three. And then uh, today, kicking off uh, week four, is going to be Candyland. And since 1949, millions of people have been making their way through the peppermint forest, over the gumdrop mountains, battling through Lord Licorice to visit Princess Lollipop and who could forget the Queen Frosting. Uh, before crossing through the Chocolate Swamp, which sounds awful, uh, but... That's like the, the worst part of the game is you have to go through the chocolate swamp. And that sounds terribly awesome to me. And I'm allergic to chocolate. I just sneeze, but I mean chocolate uh, swamp. To finally make it to the candy castle. And, and you win the game, okay? And I don't know in our household you don't really win anything besides a pat on the back or maybe an extra scoop of ice cream. But uh, the, the wonderful game of Candyland. We're going to digest that and I'm going to give you two simple truths this week of what we can learn from a simple childhood game. Throughout the years, uh, their tagline, if you will, since 1949 has been the kingdom of sweet adventures. And we'll get to that here in just a little bit, but the kingdom of sweet adventures. And throughout the years, uh, Candyland averages over one million copies sold annually. So people obviously enjoy, in particular children, but we all have a little uh, kid in our heart, if you will. And we all enjoy playing a fun game that is just happy-go-lucky, and there's, you know, you, you don't, there's no strategy to the game, just so we're all, guys, you, you may win that, but there's really no strategy, uh, so beating your wife at Candyland I, really doesn't matter, okay, there's no strategy there, uh, matter of fact, players are never required to make choices, they used to divvy out cards, and you just drew that card, okay, go to the blue spot, now they have the little spinner thing, so you don't lose the cards, there's no strategy to the game of Candyland. 
But when thinking about this game uh, and how we live our lives, I think there's some pretty realistic concepts that we can draw. Uh, Candyland pretty well portrays a sugar-coated life. Like I said, Lord Licorice, I hate licorice, but at the same time, on the, on the game, it looks good. In the chocolate swamp, though you have to go through it, it's enjoyable, it looks good, and everybody loves chocolate. It all looks pretty sweet when you're playing the game of Candyland. So while I wish life was like that, where as you go through life, there's gumdrop mountains and, and your valleys are through a chocolate swamp. It's not. And I think everybody in here would understand that life is not like Candyland. It's not sugar-coated. And, and so today I want to give you two simple truths that can help us through our lives. Because I think if we can slow down enough and be honest this morning and, and really be transparent, uh, there's a lot of people in here uh, that are just like me, a sinner saved by God's grace. Amen? There's a lot of people in here uh, that are hurting, whether that be physically, emotionally, or spiritually. We have hurting people all around us, inside these walls and outside. Many of us are hurting. We're broken. We're bruised. We feel beat up. Some of us are just gasping for air. Maybe some of you feel like you've been sucker punched in your spiritual gut, and you're just at that point where you're like, God, how can you be doing this? Why? Anybody ever ask the question, why, to God? myself included. Why, God, why are you doing this? We've questioned him some point in our life and asked why he's allowing us to go through this. We're broke, maybe overworked, we're tired. Some of us might even just be flat worn out. We feel defeated, insecure, lonely, useless, maybe even struggling with depression. That's what makes up the church. If I can just get off my notes just for a second. You you know, when you walked through these doors, uh, how many of us have a fight on the way to church, and we can't stand our spouse, but man, when those doors hit, it's, hey, how are you? Good. Good to see you. Everything's going great. You just go on about your business, go grab a cup of coffee, and you say, if you ever, ever tell me that on the way to church. I mean, (laughs) I've been there, okay? Dr. Uh, Joe Lachlan, when he was here, he made a great point. He doesn't fight on the way to church because they take separate vehicles. Uh, Cody and I are in that stage. I have to be here early, and so We don't fight. Sundays are good days for us. Um, But man, we put on this happy persona of everything's just happy-go-lucky. And I know of the 16 adjectives I just read off, hurting, broken, we feel beat up. I know every one of us in this room, if we can just slow down enough and be honest, we're going through something. We either just got out of something, we are being prepared for something, or you are right in the middle of your storm. And man, life is not like Candyland, but there are two truths that we can cling to, that we can have the hope. So I want us to be real this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to chapter, or Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to be camped out uh, there. And while you're turning there, to kind of set up the passage and give you some details pertaining to Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet, and God spoke to Isaiah as the chosen one to communicate his truth to his people. So God sought after Isaiah, said, Isaiah, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to tell you these words. I want you to write them down, and I want you to deliver this message to my people. And so God chose Isaiah to do this, and and Isaiah's book is essentially a vision that in it, it simply reveals God's center, that God is the centered way that we should be living. Okay, so the, the Israelites, man, God's chosen people have been They walked with the Lord, then they were in the wilderness for 40 years, they walked with the Lord, and then this, and God did this, and then he 
the whole time. You can track through the whole chronological order of the Old Testament, and they were with the Lord, and then their ways they thought were better, so they went away from the Lord. And you're going to see this in verse 1 and verse 2 of why Isaiah, why God is using Isaiah. Matter of fact, the central theme of the whole book of Isaiah is that God himself does everything for his own sake. Some of you are like, my gosh, that sounds very selfish. Well, God is a God of, he is a jealous God, and he desires his children's attention. He desires 100% commitment. All right, you used to hear Sean talk all, you can't straddle the fence and say, well, I want to live for God, and I want to live for the world, so I'm going to be here. No, that's called lukewarm. Matter of fact, God vomits those people out of his mouth in Revelation. So the, the point I'm trying to get is, God is trying to say here, I want you to be all in through the good times and through the bads, bad times because watch what's about to happen. Chapter 48, verse 11, he says this, for my own sake, for my own sake, you don't have to turn there, this is, we're gonna be in 43, but chapter 48, verse 11, for my own sake, for my own sake, I do it for how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. God is a God of jealous, he is a jealous God. Chapter 57, verse 15, for thus says the one, capital O, the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. And also, figure, man, look at this, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Throughout the book, we see God is offended by spiritual ritual or complacency. So you can't be on the fence. God, God does not like that he does not put up with that he says all in or all out you can't praise my name one day and then curse my name the other matter of fact throughout Isaiah he says quit bringing to me the bulls of your sacrifice quit bringing to me this false uh, sense of sacrifice because I know your heart and your heart is not telling you it is completely against what I want I don't want that I want you because you are his that you're going to see here in just a second this morning, if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and stand uh, as we read Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 11. Stand in honor of his reading. Starting in verse 1. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and I made. Bring out the people who are blind yet have eyes, who are deaf yet have ears. All the nations gather together. The peoples assemble. Who among them can declare this and show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right and let them hear and say it is true. Verse 10, you are my witness, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. 
before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. Verse 11, I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. Let's pray. Father, you are our Savior. God, I don't know everybody's story in here. Some people need to start a story and, and throw in the towel and live for you today. Uh, God, others of us have strayed away, but Lord, as I read your scripture, you have uh, everybody who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. God, that is your words. God, you are bringing your people together to worship you. So today, Father, in your Holy Spirit, I pray that it would rain down and that lives would be changed, God. Lord, I ask for revival. I ask that you revive the hearts of this church, the hearts of your people. And God, there are people all around us that are hurting. God, we are hurting. Lord, we are, are living in a world of darkness, but God, your light has already overcome it. So today, Father, be real to us. Show us your ways through your scripture and in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe may be seated. What a, what a passage here. Uh, man, I, I tell you, it's just awesome to read God's word. Uh, the first thing, if you take notes this morning, I encourage you to write this down. First thing is this, you are his. You are his. And why do I know this? Because if you break down verse one real quick, simply put, he who created you, he who formed you, I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, and you are mine. Man, he has created you, informed you, and simply put, church, you are his. Now, now I need to make a disclaimer here, because when I say you are his, there's some people uh, in, in the world that say, well, everybody's going to end up in heaven and this and that. But I tell you, uh, Jesus' word is, is, is pretty direct through the gospels. No man comes to the Father except through him. And so today, this morning's message of hope is for those who have said, I want to live for Jesus but those who have not thrown in the towel understand this. The hope is available to you, and he is drawing you to you. And I don't know where you stand, and I don't know what you believe or anything, but I'm telling you, those who have thrown in the towel and said, my life is in God's hand, this message is for you, and it is a message of hope that we are about to see. And man, it is good, because you know why? You are his. Not my words. I didn't make that up. Right here, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God, to his children, you are mine. You've been adopted by God to be his children. No longer strangers, but members of his holy household. Under his care and under his protection. And then we get this idea of fear not. As you look through there, it says, when, uh, verse 1 still, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. So this idea of fear not is, is a pretty heavy phrase. Because what we're about to read, anybody in their right mind is going to fear what we're about to read. Okay? Fear is a normal thing, but when you throw in the towel and say, I'm going to follow Jesus, we have God that says, fear not. I have gone before you. I have prepared your way. I have paved your path, Matt, and I know it looks dark ahead. And guess what? It is. You are going to go through some tough times, but I have already casted the light for your path. I am already ahead of you. Fear not. And so when you read this, it says fear not. It is pretty heavy. It is extremely heavy because they are going through something at this point that is extremely burdensome. They feel lost. They feel defeated. They felt like they've been left all out, cast away on their own. And in swoops God, who's never left them, never forsaken them, and says, fear not, children, child of mine, fear not. 
fear not. I have redeemed you. Redeemed. I have literally pulled you out of the mess. I have bought you. I have ransomed my son for you. I have redeemed you. It represents that the people were in a present or immediate need right then. And it's at that very time when we see God did not cease to comfort his people. He didn't just keep dropping his hand and and saying, well, you're going to have to go through this. While they went through things, he never ceased to comfort them. Promising him that he was there, that amidst their utmost despair, they can cling to the hope that they have for it to be firm and unshaken. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Hold tight to this promise, church. I want you to hold tight and cling to it. Okay, I want you to cling to it. I told this story in the early service, uh, not by... It's not in my notes, it's just something that the Lord kind of, when I think of the word cling, uh, I used to grow up, go, uh, I would go snow skiing all the time. My dad was a youth pastor, and so, man, it was like, load up, let's take the youth snow skiing. We used to do it all the time. And there was one time where I thought I was better than everybody else, and I got about seven years old, so over, you know, well over 20 years ago, I thought I was just this arrogant little kid who knew everything, and uh, my dad always rode the lift with me. If you know anything about skiing, you watch the lift, it comes around, and it slows down just enough for you to like plop back your ski tips up. I told dad at this point, I said, I don't want, I don't want you to help me. I got this. I got this. So I go, and it comes around, and dad said, okay, you know. And so I, he gets on, and, and I didn't scoot back enough when my skis catch. And if, like there's not like this immediate button that you push and it stops like it just keeps going and my jacket catches all right I'm like slipping I'm falling off of this ski lift all of a sudden I look down I'm about 15 feet above the ground and it's like the cliffhanger moment of I've got you son you know he's holding on trying to grab my arm and all of a sudden the the jacket rips and it just one tear after another and next thing you know I fall land skis up and I just start going down the hill like this They, they the ski patrol caught me and I I got like hot chocolate and got to sit in a warm room until my dad had to ski all the way down. But um, the point of that was my dad was clinging to me. My dad, my dad was clinging to me. And, and man, he was trying everything he could to just hold on to me. But you know, I wasn't clinging to him. I, I thought I had this. And I thought, you know what, I've got this. And though I, I would never compare my... Uh, my dad to, to God, but my dad is my, my earthly father, and he tried everything he could to keep me from falling. But man, I remember looking up, and, and I tried to cling, but I was clinging to the wrong thing. I was clinging. My jacket was what was clinging. And so what we're about to read, you need to know what clinging means. It means white-knuckled, cling to, because guys, it's about to get messy. It's about to get tough. It is about to get hard. And some of y'all are like, yeah, we well, don't know what I've been through. You're right, I don't. But I know what we are going through. I know what we were about to hit. I know what some of y'all have already hit. You've already experienced loss. You're going through tough times. Cling to this hope. And so let's pick up, because the second thing I want us to understand is is very important. Let's look at verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. So if you're taking notes, the, the Candyland theme was the kingdom of full adventures or the kingdom of sweet adventures, okay? I've changed this to, to go because I think the kingdom, capital K, not Candyland's kingdom, I think the kingdom is full of sweet adventures. And some of you are like, man, what you just read doesn't sound pretty sweet. 
But when you think of the kingdom, the capital K, what God is doing in you, through you, around you, for him, because we're going to look, it is all to be his witnesses. It is all to point people to God in the good times and the bad. And what we just read is not if you go through. It's not if you go through. It is when you go through. And man, the kingdom is full of sweet adventures. I wish I could say life was like Candyland. I wish I could. I wish I could say and sugarcoat everything and say, man, and I, I believe that there's some preachers out there that probably preach a gospel of, of, of essentially false hope who says, if you give your life to Jesus, everything's taken care of. You won't have to work another day in your, your life. And I'm thinking, what? Where's that at? What, what, what's going on there? No, that, that is not, that's not, you are throwing in, you are trading in your life for what God wants for his kingdom. And when I think about the kingdom is full of sweet adventures, the reason I can stand before you and say that, because I've had tough times, and, and I'm not, some of y'all are going through a way worse than I've ever been through, okay? But I would, again, transparent here, we are all have been or going through or about to go through some pretty tough times, some dark times. And I will tell you this, as a testimony of what God has done, the time that Cody and I experienced a miscarriage, there is nothing else to explain how we made that through except for clinging to the hope that we have here. And some people, some people will say, well, that, you know, that's tough, but I've lost my husband or my wife or this. You're right. You're right, everybody has a different story. I'm telling you my story because there's not one person that can stand in front of me and say, well, I don't believe that. God didn't get you through it. Baloney. The only way we got through that was clinging to God's truth here. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flames shall not consume you. The kingdom is full of sweet adventures. What's, when you have an adventure... Uh, uh, Ellie likes to go on adventures and Deacon's getting that way, man. And my father-in-law's here and anytime he comes to town, it's like Pop, his name's Popoom, uh, or his name's Scott, but the kids call him Popoom. And, and it's Pop, take us on an adventure. And he would never tell them this, but on his adventures, there's not really a destination. It's just kind of like, let's go over here and over here. But on the destination of life, I will tell you, or on the adventures of life, you need to know your destination. John Randalls used to come all the time and he would say, I know who I am, I know who I'm serving, and I know where I'm headed. The difference between Candyland is, is you're, you're putting everything you have in the, the candy of whatever it is, the, the candy uh, palace. In life, the, the destination of the sweet adventures that God offers us is an eternal life spent with him. And man, I would, I would, I would choose that any day. I would choose that any day, Amen. Man, the, the, the kingdom is full of sweet adventures. So this morning, I want us to understand, trials must be expected by believers. Trials will not be able to destroy you and cling to the blessed truth that we have assurance given to us from God. Again, Isaiah doesn't say if we pass through, but when. John 16, says this, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. This is Jesus, red letters, in this world, you will have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. I was reading this week and came across a quote from Charles Spurgeon, great theologian, and he says this, if you are ordained to wear a crown above you, or if you are ordained to wear a crown above, you are certainly equally ordained to bear a cross below. Grace doesn't bring luxury in its train, nor does it low us into a sweet slumber and carry us to the skies. 
when we are kingdom-minded, we realize that this isn't our forever home. And you can enjoy life's sweet adventures because they are kingdom-focused and they are for his glory. And as tough as that sounds, the truth that we can cling to, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. Not just you should not be burned too bad. You shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. It's like King Nebuchadnezzar in, in, in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, get, they won't bow down and, and worship uh, the, the, the idol that Nebuchadnezzar has put before them. And, and so they get punished and thrown in a furnace, turned seven times up, hotter than it's ever gone. It's burning. And they say, say if you're not going to bow down to, to our idol, to our king, you're, you're going to get burned. And so they, they go through and, and man, they, they enter into the furnace and King Nebuchadnezzar sees that there's a fourth person. It is God with them. It is God there protecting them. Not only did they walk out of that furnace, everybody was amazed and nobody can tell me any different that that's kingdom work. That there was a bigger picture that King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face before everybody and said, their God is the God I worship. You can't go against that. And there's stories all around us today of people who are hurting, who are going through things that, that need prayer, and, and we just walk in like, hey, everything's, everything's going good. Man, if, if the church can't be the hospital for the suffering and for the sick, where else are they going to go? Where else are they going to go? You're going to, a self-help book from uh, Dr. Phil? Hey, just read this, buddy. You read this, everything's going to be all right. No, you are clinging to the hope and it's not for you, it is for the kingdom, for the bigger purpose here, the bigger picture. Man, I, I'm going to stop with uh, chapter 43, 1 and 2, and I'm going to encourage you guys here uh, this week, I want you to read through. I'm going to give you your life at, but before we get there, I do want to read this, because understanding the kingdom of why we, why we go through this. The kingdom is full of sweet adventures. We see this, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, I love you, I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life, fear not, for I am with you. He is reminding his people that he's got this. J.I. Packer says this, and still he seeks the fellowship of his people and sends them both joy and sorrow to detach their hands from the things of this world and attach those hands to him. Man, I, my prayer for us this morning is that we would detach our hands from the things of this world. The more, 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 me, 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 and a, attach our hands to something that is, is kingdom-minded. That's my prayer this morning. Let me read this to us, and, and then we'll be closing after our, our life app here. If I had to go through little, literal fire, I should want to run and leap through it. But the believer is spiritually to walk through the fire. That is a beautiful passage in the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Walking is the pace at which men go when nothing distresses or alarms them. He that believeth shall not make haste, but shall walk even through the fire. What a blessing it is that as no trouble shall separate us from God, so no trouble shall hinder our progress towards heaven. But through divine grace, whether floods or flames are in the way, we shall go through them. We shall go through them. The kingdom is full of sweet adventures. So your life at this week, I know some of y'all, man, you're just overwhelmed. Like, Matt, you just, you just laid out a huge burden for us. Like, man, everything's going good. Do I need to be scared about? No, fear not, for I'm with you. You don't need to be scared about what's going on. It's not your life. God is breathing life into you. 
your life app this week. Have a fresh outlook. Have a fresh outlook, okay? I'm going to give you my routine on, on Sundays. Uh, these things right here are literally my lifesaver, okay? These are mints. And, and when I think about have a fresh outlook, this may be really goofy to y'all, but I, I show up to church and I drink a cup of coffee, maybe two, and I get real jittery and, and I have to drink some water. I get nervous. But the deal is, is, is that coffee gives me what's known as coffee breath, right? And so for y'all's sake, because I shake a lot of hands, I'm at the door, I'm, I'm talking a lot in between Sunday school classes. For y'all's sake, I hold on to these things. And you know what these things do? They give me a fresh outlook. And as goofy as that sounds, I have confidence when I have a breath mint because I don't have to be scared of going and talking to somebody. As weird as that sounds. So this week, understand, have a fresh outlook on life. That it's all okay. It's all gonna be okay because it is all to further his kingdom. It is all to further his kingdom. So whatever you find yourself to be going through, you're not alone. Wherever you find yourself or whatever you seem to be going through, you're not alone. You're not going through it by yourself. You need to have the assurance that if you're a follower, that he is with you through the good and through the bad. Man, it, it, Isaiah 43 is, is such a powerful passage. It is such a, um, so, something to cling to because I know it's coming. I know that tough times are coming. And so in closing, I would venture to say this, that life, uh, I'm, we're busy, okay? We go and we, man, we are busy. We go, we go, we go. We got to get from here to there. And, and man, I want to remind you guys that, that life, you, you can't see life as being full of kingdom adventures if you are speeding through life. Life is not a sprint, it is a marathon. And when you sprint, you miss out on the kingdom work. You miss out on why you're going through things because you're just trying to get here. God, you're slowing me up. God, come on, you're slowing me up. I gotta get here, I gotta get here, I gotta do this. And all along, God is saying, oh, sweet child of mine, if you would just slow down and understand that this is a marathon and you are not fighting alone. Mm, I, ha I am there with you. Maybe somebody just needs to cling to that hope this morning, that, that you feel like you are going so fast and God is tripping you up and he is just trying to say, look, this is for my purpose. This is for my kingdom. Hold on. 